0: Hey, folks, welcome back. Today, Zooming in from beautiful Pickering, Ontario. We've got Serena Holmes, and Serena is an entrepreneur, a realtor, an investor, an author, a podcaster, a busy kind of person. So, Serena, <laughs> welcome
1: to the show. Thanks for having me.
0: My pleasure. So, Serena, let's talk a little bit about the, the journey, and I think you've got a very interesting path. We've talked about that a little bit before we hit record there, but maybe walk us through how did you get up to and get started in real estate investing in the first place?
1: Yeah. So I had my own business for 18 years, which I just sold a little over a year ago.
0: And And what, what kind of business was that?
1: So it was a brand experience agency. So we were primarily focused on event staffing, event planning, and experiential marketing. So that can take many forms, depending on what the client wants. It could be as simple as staffing a couple of people at a trade show to concepting a booth or a viral video. You know, we did lots and lots of street sampling in store promotions and marketing and stuff like that. So it was very cool, very wide ranging.
0: Yeah, no, that's 17 years,
1: 18, yeah,
0: 18 years. Wow, that is that is outstanding. And you sold it. Okay. Perfect. And that was, when was that? That was last (laughs) Uh, week?
1: So technically I tried to sell it and the timing literally couldn't have been worse because I hired a mergers and acquisitions company, I think two, three weeks before we went into our first lockdown, obviously Mm. not knowing that COVID was coming, but the girl that I had promoted within my business that had been with me for six years uh, resigned when my daughter was two months old. So Mm. I was like, how am I going to run this business? Like, yeah. with an infinite home and and just kind of panicked and you know I probably would have sold it sooner had I known that she wasn't committed um yeah. so we went through the process of valuing the business had a buyer lined up and then enter the pandemic
0: <laughs> so it all like it all happens at once say eh? your key employee <clears throat> leaves you've got you know a brand new baby at home congratulations she's three and a half now yeah well, um, at that at that time she at was that pretty time new.
1: yeah. And Even I mean, we weren't a a half, still pretty small, big, that's for sure. So she's still small, but yeah. um, it was a big enough business that I was concerned that if I didn't have my right hand in place, I didn't know how well that would necessarily go because there was 10 yeah. of us full time and about 2200 part time. So we were definitely busy. Um, yeah. So I went through that process and obviously COVID happened. So we just ended up. Um, you know, pretty much, I had to let the whole team go right when that started, except for one person that I kept. Just have someone available to scale up when we needed to, and you know, obviously went through a lot of time that was very, very slow. And then we kind of dialed up a bit in the fall when we were allowed to back into lockdown in and in out of that for a couple of years, and just kept it going so that it would be sellable coming out of it. Yeah. And really, what the value of the business at that point was uh, was our website. So we had invested heavily in digital marketing. We still had a lot of net new leads and opportunities coming through. And that was really what the grounds on which I was able to sell it. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I would imagine the website plus your past and current clientele would be huge yeah. over that time frame. But the there was a of lot of like right? uncertainty
1: coming out of COVID. Right. So no yeah. one knew like what clients would still be here. Like a lot did come out of the grapevine. Like I have a two-year earnout. So I'm still involved in the emails and stuff like that. So I still mm-hmm. see the emails from past clients coming out asking like what we're up to. And you know, I just kind of introduce them to the new owners and do that pass off. But um, you know, there definitely have been a lot. It kind of felt like it got really busy really quickly after that
0: point. So okay, so you've got this, you've got this business with which mm-hmm. had amazing growth and then COVID threw a wrench and things, your right hand yeah. person left. You you thought you were able to step away. Anyhow, you got that kind of all dialed in. Yeah. Where did real estate investing play in all of this? Where where did real estate come?
1: (laughs) So I think I had always been passionate about the concept of real estate, and I think the big reason for that is that I moved around a lot when I was growing up. So my parents split when I was very young. So I was like with my mom, with my dad, with my aunt and uncle, Hmm. and boyfriend at one point in time. So I think I moved like twelve or fifteen times before I bought my primary residence. So. I always knew like that value just from a stability standpoint and felt it was a good investment and lightly explored getting my real estate license at one point in time. But essentially, I ended up hiring a coach about eight years in because I'd been winging it up until that point. I was like, I'm sure there's so much that I don't know. Eight
0: years into running your own business? Eight years into
1: running the business, I decided to hire a business coach because I just, like I said, I'd been making stuff up as i went like i didn't mm. know anything about really truly running a business so i hired a coach and she was like you have more money than you really need like most businesses operate on 3 months you have like a year and a half like you need <laughs> way yeah. more than you need so it was a good position to be in um but she basically encouraged me to find a way to invest it so at that time i thought well i'll just buy rental property again not mm. knowing If I knew now what I knew then, like if I knew then what I know now, uh, I would have definitely gone the multifamily route and I probably would still like own that today. Mm -hmm. Uh, But instead, I ended up buying a short-term rental in Florida back when the dollar was at par. So I bought that, um, you know, a small little condo at a golf course and country club that uh, pretty much only rented to snowbirds. Uh, We thought it would be booked, you know, eight or nine months of the year. And it was kind of the opposite to that. So Mm -hmm. we only had January to March booked We're lucky, maybe you would book. Here and there, sporadically, so it didn't even really cover carrying costs. But because I bought it for so li- so little, like one hundred twenty seven thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars, I knew that I would make money when the dollar was no longer at par. And I just basically paid it off with almost inflation. Of money from my company. So
0: oh, so you paid the mortgage right down then?
1: I did. I couldn't even qualify for a mortgage, so Not okay. Um, basically, I used money from the business, money from my home equity line of credit, and a TFSA just to. Pull all of that together. But because yeah. at the time they didn't really, you know, it's not what it is today. Like right now you can get a mortgage if you need to in the States, but back right. then you couldn't really qualify in either country. So I just paid gotcha. it off with money from my business kind of over that span of time. So.
0: Oh, all right. So you got into that and then you're running the business at the same time. Did you yeah. buy a few more properties while you were doing that? Uh, or No,
1: I'm not yeah. at that point. I mean, I, I kind of just did what I could with that. Cause I was trying to pay off what I kind of put into it um, during that time. And then when I sold it, I just didn't know what to do. I was like, what now? (laughs) (laughs) I just kind of held on to it. Um, But we started staffing events for a real estate education company in Texas and Florida. And then their wealth tour was coming to Toronto. So I was like, well, I'll go check it out. And of course they give you a taste of all the different things that you can do and not all of it. So then I led into their three-day event, led into their membership. And then I, then I did a lot. Like I bought two properties invested in a land development deal in Bowmanville, did three syndicated mortgages and gotten involved in private lending as well. So it just kind of ramped up pretty quickly at that point in time.
0: So out of curiosity, Serena, at what point did you decide to pursue your real estate license? And and why did you decide to go down that path Mm -hmm. out of all the different options that you have? (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, I mean, so I had obviously been running my business and then Mm -hmm. a few months into COVID, you know, there was just so much uncertainty, like no one knew how long it was going to go on for. Right? right. So the irony is, like, yes, I had a newborn at home, but my business, I went from, you know, so busy Huge. and high volume to nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I felt like I had all this all this time, like with an infant. <laughs> but three months in, I ended up enrolling for my real estate license. So basically, I would do one course, take a break work on editing my book and then I do the next course and it just kind of cycled through that over the span of the year. So then by the end of it, I had my real estate license and I published my book.
0: <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> so, that's great. Yeah. So with the real estate license, have you been actively pursuing that as a career or what what's the what's the goal with the real estate license? Yeah,
1: I, it's been like a slow transition into it just because my daughter didn't start daycare full time until the end of last year. So right. I started Part time last year. Um, I did get my marketing off the ground right after I got my license because I just felt like I would build the foundation, I'd build the credibility. I can talk about my experience investing, share information and wisdom about investing and things that I've learned about, even though I knew I couldn't necessarily work right away. So I had, I think, five or six clients last year. You know, into this year, I've had a few, but I've Mm -hmm. primarily been living off private lending for the last three to four years. So I haven't had to rush into it either. So it's been Nice. nice to balance like, family and work and know that I'm not, you know, I'm not depending on it to pay my bills or
0: anything like that. That is, that is wonderful. So I love talking with you because number one of your entrepreneurial background, number two, because that was all around marketing. (laughs) Number three, now you're into the whole real estate thing and you've been doing private lending and you're a realtor on the side. Talk to me a little bit about your book, uh what is what's it called and, and what's it about and how does it tie into things? Is this a a marketing thing or a personal passion project or yeah how do you see your book?
1: Yes, it's definitely a mix of both. Um, mm-hmm. but back when I enrolled with this real estate education company at their first investor summit, there was a woman there that was promoting a writing retreat and mm-hmm. she's a ghostwriter. She actually ghost wrote um the e-myth uh, by Michael Gerber so, the original
0: the I original one.
1: <laughs> so she was like the ghostwriter for him a ghostwriter wow. for many other different um you know big names and stuff like that So I ended up signing up for her writing retreat and I went to San Diego to you know plug out I think I did 17 out of what became 31 chapters at that time yeah. and essentially I had this really crazy childhood and just some certain you know situations that happened that I I faced and I feel like a good chunk of my life a lot of people, had said, like, you're going to have to write a book about this one day, (laughs) just because it was just, you know, roller coaster uh, in different ways. And then what I really felt is that it paved the path into entrepreneurship, because I was kind of scrappy in the sense that I knew no one was going to hand me anything on a silver platter. Um, So I just, you know, I was always the one out there working and trying to have jobs, like five jobs in university, like I would just take anything to make ends meet and get ahead and stuff like that. So it, it kind of led down that path. And, you know, I called it the accidental entrepreneur, because I fell into it by accident. Like I was a brand ambassador. I was offered management. It was a new business. And then I was offered partnership shortly after. So I went through all of that. And then four years in the founder actually decided to leave for personal reasons. So we went through a buyout in the middle of the 2008 recession. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, and then I kept it going for 14 more years after that point.
0: Uh, That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. I love the title too. That's a great title. Thanks. (laughs) Perfect. All right. So You've got a very, obviously, a very, very strong background in marketing with all you've yeah. done over the last many years. So how do you, and I noticed you're you're starting up a new podcast. What are your thoughts around how you're going to kind of tie everything in and, and to what end? What, what, what are the goals there, Serena?
1: Yeah, so there's a couple of different reasons. So initially, I started going on more podcasts at the end of last year because my book had been out for about a year. And the company that I worked with for the self-publishing was good for the most part, but I didn't feel like they had the greatest marketing support. So I think that looking back, like had they had a, a PPC campaign for Amazon, like it probably would have done better in that first year. And then I thought, well, if I start going on podcasts, like I can promote the book, I access other people's audiences and stuff like that. And then, you know, as these conversations are fluid and things would come up around real estate investing and private lending and things like that, it felt like every time I did a podcast, I'd have three or four people reach out to me asking like, how do I do this? Like, you know, obviously like everyone would love to be living off of passive income. Right. So it just started in that sense. And I feel like I would sometimes spend two and three hours on the phone with people just talking about what I done, how I did it, how they could do it, um, things like that. So uh, I think it, it became clear to me that I would like to have a seat as a GP in a in whatever it is, basically raising capital. So whether that's Mm -hmm. growing multifamily, land development, like I think that people have looked at me as an export resource in some ways. And I feel like it's been really fulfilling to know that I can help people along the same path that I've been on. Like it kind of saved me during COVID when my business can operate, like I stopped taking money out. So Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful I found it before that (laughs) because otherwise it would have been a very stressful time, like having an infant business basically shuts down during that period of time right so yeah income
0: income goes down to nil basically actually it probably sounds like it was negative because you kept an employee on all yeah i mean i obviously
1: took advantage of the grants but i mean we went down by 90 (laughs) percent, so it was a significant decrease like i was smart with cutting costs like taking advantage of anything that i could um but you know, it kind of is what it is, but it kind of all tied around. And then just by being on so many podcasts, I had the idea for mine. So it's called inspired to invest. And the whole thought is to showcase, you know, all of these investors to basically inspire people that if they want to invest, it's not like these extraordinary people that came from an affluent background. Like a lot of the times they've got these really ordinary upbringings, maybe they had challenges and they just something happened. There was a catalyst that changed their path. And now they're you know, have 500 million under management, or maybe they flipped 40 homes in the last five years. Like there's all these really crazy things that they've been able to do just because they took a chance and decided to make a change. So I think it all kind of ties in, in with respect to that. And, you know, eventually when I get to that point where maybe I'm raising capital, it'll just help to kind of reach new audiences and people that could be potential investors.
0: Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a great platform for that. That's what a lot of the the big time syndicators are doing as they yeah. run their own podcasts and and that sort of thing. It ties in nicely with your book as well. I think that's that's really really smart. So you've been on a whole bunch of podcasts, including this one. So this is probably the <laughs> this is probably the highlight for you. So I don't want to put words <laughs> in your mouth, but you know I'm just saying. <laughs> just kidding. But what what uh, how many podcasts have you been on over the last year or so, give or take? I think
1: it's like thirty to thirty five since. Okay november like something like that like initially i was trying to proactively go on them and now because i've done a fair amount i'm i'm being asked to be on them so usually have like one a week or sometimes two a week just depending on the scheduling and stuff like that
0: so just to i went on a a tear probably a year and a half ago getting booked on podcasts and i i last time i counted was like 150 some that i was a guest on um what have you found that has worked well for you for getting booked in on podcasts?
1: Uh, Well, I mean, I think it helps obviously because I have published a book. So when Mm -hmm. I do submit myself, I provide a one sheet and I also provide my book backgrounder. Mm -hmm. So I think that can usually provide some strength. And there was also a website I was using in the beginning called podcast guest. Mm -hmm. It's kind of mixed. Like some of the ones that I was asked to be on were, not great. Like one yeah. went on for, I'm not kidding, like over two and a half hours. Ooh. I thought the host was going to fall asleep at one point in time. Like I was just, <laughs> while I was held hostage, it was just significant. Yeah. Um, so they're a mix. Um, and the ones that I, I applied to, like maybe you'd hear back or maybe you wouldn't. So I didn't necessarily feel like those are the greatest. And then I connected with a, a woman that helps real estate investors basically with their branding online. And she had a big list. I had a list I'd started. We kind of consolidated and then Uh I just reached out to a number of the ones that she had recommended as well.
0: Nice. Yeah. One thing that I found worked really well for me. And this will work really well for you now that you've got your own podcast as well is somebody very smart did this to me. A lady was a female real estate investor, I can't remember her name, but she reached out to me to be a guest on my podcast. Yeah. But she led with the giving hand. And it just can
1: be on my podcast.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. Here's what she did. She's very smart. She said, Dave, love your podcast. Really enjoyed the episode you did with Serena Holmes. Love the part where you guys were talking about whatever. So it was obvious that she did a part of it. Yeah. In fact, I liked it so much. I went ahead and left you a five-star rating and review. Here's the screenshot. And she put that oh, nice. in there. Oh, so classy. <laughs> yeah. And then she says, Oh, by the way, um, I love being on podcasts. If you're I, I talk about this, whatever topic was. If you think that might be a value to your audience, it would be an absolute honor to be considered as a guest on yeah. your show. So yeah, bam, right away, uh got back to her because you know, when you got a podcast, you tend to have a lot of people hitting you up to to be a, a guest. Yeah and then i thought that was brilliant i'm going to swipe that idea r and d robin yeah. so then I, I just got my va doing that for me we came up yeah. with our list of here's here's the 200 podcasts that we'd like to be on yeah and we did that exact same process sure. with all of them and then also if you if you tie in with hey and by the way i've got a podcast if you so you do all of that yeah And then you also say, and by the way, I've got a podcast. If you're interested, maybe we could do a podcast swap. Yeah. That, that'll get you a lot of really good guests for your show too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I found right now because I am part of, you know, real estate education platform, as well as a mastermind, Mm -hmm. I have a pretty close knit group that I've spent the last year with. There's about 60 or 65 of us. So Mm -hmm. I kind of started with them. And then beyond that, there was a couple of other people I reached out to, but because I'm batch recording now, i've got episodes recorded all the way to the end of november already <laughs> so nice. you know people are like oh when can i be on I'm like october <laughs> like it's so far away <laughs> so if anything it's like just because it's going to be weekly and all the the marketing i've kind of built around it to pre-promote the episodes nice. have takeaways and just you know some other creative and stuff like that i don't i'm not really concerned about finding people at this
0: point no i don't think you'll have a problem oh. but if if you're interested in getting booked on more podcasts yeah I, no that's I, no, smart. Did, did you find that um that that podcast tour that you did helped with the book sales? Did it make a significant bump in things for you?
1: Um, I am still seeing, like I get a a monthly report, so I'm still seeing, like I'll get a few one month and one another month. So it's like, I'm still seeing it. I do with, again, my digital marketing background and -hmm. seeing the power of SEO. I think that that's still probably the most powerful, but at that point, I'd already spent a fair amount just going through the publishing process. So I kind of got to the point where I'm like, okay, I've spent enough,
0: <laughs> Yeah, <no laughs> you know, idea. so
1: I'm sure I'll kind of go back to it. And it's not like I'm on a contract with that company where it's only for a fixed period of time because I, I give them like a low royalty on sales as well. So right. I think eventually maybe I would go back and, and do like a PPC campaign. I think that would probably mm. boost the sales more, but uh, at yeah. that point, just finishing it, I was like, this is good for now. <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> It's, it can be a yeah. lot of work. I've, 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 been involved and written i think i'm at no number nine now
1: um
0: but my whole philosophy around books is a little bit different i i really don't give a darn about selling them uh it's it's all what i call a business card on steroids right so that's that's the main goal for me with a book so yeah yeah, i've i've done the self i've worked with the publisher that did their voodoo magic and got it up to number one on Amazon for 15 minutes or whatever. It's it yeah. to be there to qualify as <laughs> yeah. Amazon bestseller and all that kind of stuff. But, but yeah, I find the biggest value for me for books is giving them away. So when you get that, when you get full control of the book and you can yeah. not have to pay these guys, the, uh, the, the royalty on it, then yeah. I think it's, it's going to open up a lot of things for you. And, and I'm sure you've learned a ton with that first book. I'm sure there's lots yeah. of books, lots of yeah, books. It
1: I mean, it was very much like my life story just because yeah. of all those crazy things that ensued, but maybe eventually I'd write one around real estate Private investing or, something or like that, or yeah, exactly. yeah, go into more detail. Cause obviously it talks yeah. about how I discovered all of those things, but it doesn't like a lot's happened even since of course. <laughs> I wrote it. So,
0: yeah. Well, this has been a lot of fun, Serena and congratulations on Thank your you. journey and your transition and, and being able to handle all of that Pressure that came down all at once. That's (laughs) that's the way the world seems to work sometimes. Yeah, seems
1: that way. I'm sure I'm not the only one. And I, you know, again, I'm grateful for the fact that I found all of these real estate investing streams when I did, because there's a lot of people that could have been, you know, in positions where they were non-essential, and maybe even a married couple that were both non-essential, and you know, I'm sure that would have been a, a much bigger struggle than what I experienced in in that period of time. So.
0: So Serena, if people are, you've, we've piqued their curiosity about your book now, if they want to find out more about you and maybe grab a copy of the book, what should they do?
1: Yeah. So I have a number of profiles. <laughs> so let,
0: let's pick the number one, one, because we like to give one, yeah. one main. Yeah, so the Realtor
1: one to be the main one. So Serena Holmes Realtor, you'll see a few things pinned at the top of that profile specific to real estate, the book, as well as the podcast.
0: Perfect. Well, Serena, this has been great. Thanks for coming on the show. Great. Thank you. All right, everybody, take care. We'll see you on the next episode.